Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only. And I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. And if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Is at the Helm? From 1965, it's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more and remember subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week the cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz with, <laughs> with the savage premium so go to go to glow.fm slash savage premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else thank you very much Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. I had set up an interview with an incredibly intelligent Miranda Devine of the New York Post. Why? I saw her article, Did Reefer Drive the Highland Park Parade Killer Robert Cremo to Madness? Now, this was the first I had seen of anyone in the major media bringing up the important point of marijuana or cannabis and violence, and I had to talk with her. The fact is, Miranda Devine is not a stranger to the Savage audience. Many of you have heard her and love her, and she and I have great chemistry on air. She has great intelligence, great wit, and great experience. Well, we wound up talking about a lot of things other than reefer madness. From the midterm elections, to will Trump run again, to the Ukraine war in Zelensky, 
many, many other things, including, you ready for this? Who might the Democrats run after Biden is removed for his obvious mental faculties failing him? Well, you're not going to believe it, but she suggested it might be Michelle Obama. Many things are heard here that you're going to love hearing because you're not going to hear it anywhere else, but right here on the Michael Savage podcast. Share it with five friends. Thank you. Well, Miranda, we're going to talk about I think that the country has already forgotten the mass shooting. After all, it's been two weeks. You know, what the hell? The Highland Park parade killer. I can guarantee you 99% of Americans don't know what parade killer or Highland Park or Robert Cremo means. Yeah, exactly. What is, Miranda, on a bigger level, and we will talk about the reefer madness thing, what in the world is going on in America where people have zero attention span and a zero attention span for, for, the, for serious oh. issues such as this? I think it's really social media, you know, I, and I, I just think the brain only has so much of an attention span and, and you know, you've got kids who've grown up not being able to read. Um, they're functionally illiterate. They leave school after, you know, 12 years of school. They can't read properly. And so it's all about audio and video and, and I don't think that cements into the deep memory like reading and thinking does, and there's no one, no one thinks. It's just we're we're just gliding along the surface like gnats. Like thinking is painful, effortful. Let Jill Biden think for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> he can barely think for himself, can he? I said Jill. I didn't say Joe. <laughs> oh, Jill, right. Do you agree with me that she's probably running the country? Well, she's certainly running him. Yeah. Um, He's gone. He's absolutely hugging. Easter bunnies opening doors that aren't there. Look, I'm not, um, I'm not willing to say that yet. Uh, he, he certainly, you know, there are reports, I've talked to people who've been in meetings with him. He has periods of lucidity and uh, where he knows exactly what he's doing. He runs the agenda. He's always been a bad man mm. and he still is. So I'm not willing to let him off the hook and say, oh, he's got dementia, he's not, he's not responsible for his actions. I think he absolutely is, and uh, he's going to be perfectly compassmentous to be uh, impeached, indicted, whatever is coming down the pike. When you say he's always been a bad man, he never struck me in the past as being, he was a, kind of a shadowy background bag carrier type, always doing other stronger people's bidding is how mm. I saw him. He ran as a centrist that he would straighten the country out and end the divisiveness, so-called, of Donald Trump. Instead, he's made it a thousand times worse. What is his end goal? Because it's, it's failing. His poll numbers are in the toilet. His party is in disarray. His own advisors are, are saying he shouldn't run again. So what is his end game? He must know what he's doing. Well, I mean, I don't think he ever has an end game. He's... he's not very bright. He's corrupt. He's incompetent. Wow. Um, and he's... That's, that's only the beginning of Miranda's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's not a good father, you know. Um, and he's... Come on, a son like Hunter, such a <laughs> successful grifter. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I, Hunter's a lot smarter than his dad. I actually have a bit of sympathy for Hunter. Um, but Have you ever watched the series Godfather of Harlem with with uh, uh, on TV, Gloria, no. the heroin dealer with Forrest Whitaker, who's a great actor. Oh, I love him. Yeah, love him. Right. So I got sucked into watching Godfather of Harlem and they're glorifying. 
I watched season one. And I said, what are you doing? They're glorifying a heroin dealer in Harlem poisoned the black communities across America with heroin and they turned them into a hero. And you're sitting here watching this, Michael. Stop it. <laughs> they suck you in Hollywood. They really yeah, do. They, when Forrest did they start? When did they start making eyes. the bad? It's, I'm sorry. It's yeah. Forrest Whitaker's blinky eye that got me. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. He's amazing. But I'm bringing it back to the subject at hand, Miranda. The media has always had sympathy for the devil. Let's go back to the Rolling Stones song. Okay. It's yeah. always what has sold. I was passing through my favorite channel the other night, TCM. I call it the white man's channel. And I'm doing this because I need to go to a safe place at night. So <laughs> TCM. And if I really feel unsafe, I watch 50s noir films with Broderick Crawford. <laughs> who the heroes are. Yes. Who the villains are. And they didn't vilify blacks, by the way. They vilified bad white people, incidentally, in almost all of those noir films. The, the, the villain was rarely a minority. It was usually just a bad white guy. So it's a safe place for me. You know, <laughs> I, I go to TCM and what do I see? Bonnie and Clyde for about five minutes, a movie I never really watched. With Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. Yeah, and they're glorifying yeah. bank robbers. Yes. Go back to the 30s. James Cagney glorifying <laughs> murderers, killers. So do you think we're living in a time an end time of where it's all come to home to roost, so to speak, combined with marijuana, which we're going to talk about in a minute, combined with social media. So you've got the media glorifying the worst elements of society. Then you've got the drugs. And now we have this. It's, it's somewhat connected in my mind, Miranda. Yes, no, maybe. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you look at history, it's sort of it's a pendulum swing from one extreme to the other. So, it, for instance, New York in the 70s and 80s was like it is today, you know, crime rampant. And, uh, and then we had Giuliani come in and swing the pendulum all the way the other way. And now it's going back. So uh, who's going to save New York? Not Eric Adams, for sure. No. Well, he has very nice sport jackets. I would guess they're at least $12,000 a piece. Yeah. He's, he's, he's Taylor busy eight days a week. <laughs> yeah, he looks, always looks good, and he likes going out to parties and nightclubs. Very trim. He must work out a lot. He fits in those jackets super well. No, he's got a very special vegan diet. Is he on vegan veganism? Yeah. Yeah, he's a vegan. Wow. He's an evangelist for veganism. Oh, no wonder he can't think. <laughs> uh, I think the human brain needs some animal protein. Personally, I've tried veganism. I've tried everything. My brain starts to like die on me if I if I don't get some kind of meat or dairy. Don't they? Do they know about all of the twenty two amino acids? I don't think they know about that. No, no, meat is good for you, and uh, the greenies are trying to stamp it out. Look at them in Holland, you know, they've oh, told the farmers there to, they have to cull 30% of their herd because of the carbon dioxide emissions. So they don't care if the Dutch people starve as long as no. they feel good about their social justice green movement. Yeah. And meanwhile, China and India are pumping out as much, you know, greenhouse gases as they like. Miranda, you write about so many things. And again, I swear we'll get to marijuana in a minute. It's always so... <laughs> great for me to have an intellectual genius in my computer screen when I compared to what I normally see in the computer screen, <laughs> looking at the news and the social media, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. And 
I, I, I try to engage from time to time with people. Some of them are smart and they don't really engage much. But the dumb ones engage a lot. Always say things. If I bring up the fact, if you got a minute for me, Miranda, outside my window right here are finches that are building. They built a nest above my window. Oh, beautiful. And it's it's so beautiful to hear them every morning. And the little redheaded male bird sits on the fence, watches. <laughs> he goes in and feeds the birds. The babies. I, I tweeted. I said, I have two little finches on my window sill that build a nest raise their young, feed them and guard them. I said more than we could say for the woke mobs. Yeah. And you should see the answers I get from some of them. Miranda, it's actually sad. Why would they be angry about that? Oh, because they say you're, you're being uh, racist and uh, you're not seeing what the woke people are trying to achieve, which is justice. Equity. Equity. And it says that. And people say the Christian fundamentalists are taking rights away from us. I said, what rights are you talking about? Anyway, I ended it, Miranda. I had to say, go home, take a shower, cut your hair, read your grandmother's <laughs> Bible. And I said, God will forgive you. I, and that's what I had to go back to. But let's get down to what you came on the show for. I'm sure you have other things to do other than talk to Michael Savage. Not at all. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Have you become a victim of the timeshare trap? You think there's no way out? Well, Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has helped over 35,000 families out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares, and they may be able to help you too. Listen, if your timeshare agreement goes on forever, if you were told timeshares are a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, you, know, you need to get the facts about timeshare cancellation. For over 10 years, Wesley Financial Group has been dedicated to helping folks get out of a lifetime of debt by canceling their timeshares. So they created a free timeshare exit information kit that reveals how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. To get your free timeshare exit information kit, simply go to iCancelTimeshare.com. That's iCancelTimeshare.com. I'll say it one more time. I cancel timeshare.com. Thank you very much. I cancel timeshare.com. You know, I live right by the water in San Francisco. Oh, do you? That's a gorgeous place. Yeah. You must visit. So I watch the birds all day long. I know it sounds crazy, but no, I sit and watch them fly over the bay. I'm, I'm living right on the water. So I observe pelicans who are my favorite bird in the whole universe. And you watch them fly in organized groups and how they switch point. Oh, really? I love that. The lead bird will go back. Then the back bird becomes the front bird. And it saves energy to fly. In wow. The, to fly, to fly behind in yes. the slipstream. Yes. Wow. Brilliant. So then number two, I watch them. <clears throat> they fly at water's level and then suddenly they'll soar upwards. And I was reading how do birds fly. I never knew this at my age. They catch thermal currents that exists oh. if they flapped all the time they'd be dead yeah so you'll notice they they sail along the water they wait for a thermal current and then they coast up and oh. sail down on it and i was reading i said how could nature have given us such genius yeah as a bird the frigate bird can fly three thousand miles without stop it sleeps while flying it has the longest wingspan of any bird 
Really? So you look at this and, you, you know, in wonderment, it's, it, it stabilizes me, Miranda, to see it because people have gone crazy. Human society has is, is gone yeah. mad to me. So let's go to the reefer man <laughs> with people mad. We're talking about the Highland Park parade killer, Robert Cremo. And you wrote in the New York Post, said those who knew the 21-year-old suspect, Robert Crimo or Cremo, Robert Criminal Third, say he habitually smoked cannabis, a habit he appeared to share with young man shooters, including at Uvalde, Dayton, Parkland, and Aurora. Obviously, we didn't make them commit their evil acts, but it may have scrambled their brains enough for empathy to take a holiday. Before you opine on why you wrote this article, I've been anti-cannabis for a long time. I smoked it when I was younger for years. It always screwed my brain up, and I used to say I don't want it after a while. I said, for those of you with a guitar for a brain with two strings, I'm sure it works. I said, but those of us who are born with a Stradivarius between our ears don't need something <laughs> It fell on deaf ears, but the truth is it screws up high intellects worse than it does low intellects. Oh. Cannabis. People don't know that the word hashish derives from the Arabic hashash, which means assassin. And the Arabic assassins would get high ah. on hashish before they went on a murder spree. Really? Yes. That's very interesting. Right. It ties into so it would, it would dull their, their feeling of their conscience. And you see it in a lot of these murder movies on TV, these gang movies or what? They're always getting high before they go on a, quote, killing. Yeah. What happens with marijuana? Does it kill the conscience? Well, well, look, all I know is the science is conclusive and it has been for, you know, as long as I've been looking at this stuff, 25 years. There was a Swedish uh, study of conscripts, a long-term study over 20 years, and uh, I think it was 46,000 conscripts, and they found that the risk of uh, psychosis, especially if you start marijuana young in your teens, while the adolescent brain is remaking itself, is developing, um, the risk of psychosis, I think, was something like sixfold. I have to double check it. I have it here. Um, and so that was you know, that's one but very, very strong study. So and then particularly adolescents, and it's not everybody. You know, it's people who are genetically susceptible for some reason. Right. Uh, but if you start as an adolescent, and I think people understand that during adolescence, the brain unhooks its connections and then remakes them as an adult brain. Really? And in, yes, Wait, and in I males. I've got to think about this. When we hear developing brain, most of us don't think of it in those terms that you just the neurons unhook and then they this is probably not a very scientific way of, of saying it then they reconnect and in young men that process does not fully finish until they're about 25 you, well, uh, you, wait you don't mean the american male is probably more like 65 <laughs> right well you know I, I do think it's actually a mistake in america um, to have the drinking age at 21 and not 18. Because, uh, look, alcohol, you know, has problems, obviously, but it's an age-old drug. Humans need some sort of mind-altering substance. We, we understand alcohol. Um, it, we know how it works. It doesn't cause psychosis. It's soluble. It disappears within 24 hours while marijuana stays in the tissues for, I think, up to a week. The THC is fat-soluble. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. But um, anyway, and, and I just think that kids, so I know just from my own kids coming over here on, you know, basketball uh, things um, and 
they were teenagers and they couldn't believe how into pot the American kids were. Now, you know, Australian kids where you can drink at 18 and same in England, um, they start experimenting obviously before that, you know, 16, 17, they might try a little bit, 18, um, and, 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 and same in America. I mean, the kids, instead of drinking, because drinking is so difficult and it's prohibited, they smoke weed. And because their parents are so um, permissive about it, because they think, well, I smoked weed and they grew up with Cheech and Chong, but it's not the same weed. I mean, we're now seeing there was 4% THC potency back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Now with some of these big weed products, you're seeing close to 100% potency in some of these dabs and various other products that they have. Circuitry makes them psychotic. And, you know, when I try to tell people that on Twitter, they, you know, they tell me I'm crazy, just an old guy. Yeah. You ask this, emergency room doctors, the hospitals are filled with these psychotics. These, So do you have the data on, on the admissions from this marijuana psych toxic? I don't. Um, all I right. found was odd. anecdotal. Yeah. Um, but look, even, um, you know, the, the, the fact is there's a youth mental health crisis. It's so bad that the U.S. Surgeon General just a few months ago issued this warning uh, saying that the crisis was devastating. It's been exacerbated by COVID. Youth mental health crisis. Youth mental and health crisis. So, but, and that. Wait, but, but Miranda, sorry. Cremo's mother was a holistic practitioner, Denise Piscina. She sure was she, nuts. I'm sure she has a cure for all of these things. Some oil. Yeah, I'm sh- probably a cannabis oil, CBD oil. Some kind of healing uh, music. Yeah, I'm sure that works. Yeah. It, it works. Look, his mother um, does not seem to be all there. I mean, when the SWAT team came to search the house that she lived in and that the kid the, the kid had lived in, but he'd moved away a couple of years ago to live with his father. Um, and she, she was abusing them. There's a video from ABC News. She's abusing them, screaming at them in a most unhinged fashion. And then she pulls down her top, screams at the cop, and then she pulls down her top and flashes her breast at them in an act of aggression. Very 60s. Is it? <laughs> to me, it's very, very Are you abnormal. That's what she thought would stop the police, make love and war? <laughs> well, I don't think it was love. She was still bellowing at them in a horrible way. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Okay, so cannabis screws up the brains of a lot of people, and you say it was involved heavily in these mass shooters, Ovaldi, Dayton, Parkland, Aurora, and that's known. But combine that with the anti depressants that many of them have been given yeah miranda and and then there's the other element the white boy thing and i know it's a tough one because you you can't define this as true but i've spoken with intelligent mothers of grown men who've said to me take the white boys of today they've been vilified and drugs since their children yeah they've been told they're no good they're worthless yeah. they're racist they have no outlets for their aggression, and suddenly they explode. This is not justifying it in any way. No. Do you think there's any truth to that? Absolutely. Um, you know, toxic masculinity. Um, little boys have been told from, you know, this generation of them have been told from the earliest time that there is something diseased about their intrinsic being. 
just because they're born male and that they have to be ashamed and shamed. And, um, you know, I mean, really the truth is little boys are more vulnerable than little girls. They take a bit longer to mature. Mm. Um, There's more reading difficulties among little boys. Mm. Um, They're, they're full of beans and um, energy and they need to get that energy out. And yet they have female teachers who don't understand them, who punish them for fidgeting because they've got all this energy, keep them in at lunchtime for detention because they've been fidgeting all day and so they can't let off steam. And then they become more and more, you know, just trapped. And then they they get drugged with Ritalin just because they're little boys who've got a lot of energy which is what little boys are supposed to have. I mean, that's testosterone. That's men. That's the basis of civilization. You know, that's what protects us. Miranda, um, so I wrote, if Tom Sawyer were alive, a female yeah. would declare him to be hyperactive and put him on drugs. I wrote that in 1982 in a book I did called Brilliant. Children Naturally. And I was so anti-Ritalin in the 80s because I had a young child and I saw what they were trying to do to him. We had yes. a with the teachers in the 80s, Miranda. Yes. Well, that was, yeah. Well, I remember, I mean, I had kids a little later than that, but boys and uh, not that our school was ever, there's because they were in Australia and Richelin is a thing, but not as much as here. But I saw, I saw kids who um, are just on the, you know, on the spectrum of boys hyperactivity, they were on an extreme, but it's still normal. You don't need to give them um, a stimulant basically um, because what are you doing to their brains? You're getting them ready you- for cocaine, yes, amphetamine, yep. crack, and, and stuff. You're, you're getting them ready to be a drug addict. Yeah. These issues are real to you and I because we've studied them, and those who've studied them would agree with us. And then you're quoting in your article the New York Times itself warning of the high potency of cannabis products in the newly deregulated legal market. And even the NYT talks about the potentially harmful effects to young brains in a headline, psychosis, addiction, chronic vomiting, as weed becomes more potent, teens are getting sick. And uh, we know that marijuana is not the safe drug that the left media has been pushing. And we know that the Highland Park shooter, you, you found this to be true, right? You found it in research that he was a heavy user? Well, it's so two of his friends, one of them called him a stoner, one of them who had been a skateboarding friend with him since they were 13 said that, um, you know, he was smoking weed and about the age of, I don't know, 17 or so, which is about the time this sets in, mm. um, he became depressed. Uh, and so, you know, he, be- he withdrew into himself. His uncle said he just spent all his time inside uh, on screens, mm. never really talked much. The neighbours said oh. um, that they... They never really saw him and never saw anybody his own age going into the house. Oh, my God. Uh, so, you know, it's a classic picture of a stoner, you know, a stoner who, who has no social skills. He's psychotic. I mean, he says there's a, there's a conversation that he had with a, a, a friend um, who knew him for several years from age 14 to 17. And uh, at one point in the conversation, this killer our future killer, said, oi, my mind is everywhere nowadays. That was last year. So he was 20 then. That's what um, and his mind is everywhere nowadays? Yeah. And so he, and you look at, I mean, just look at him, you know, the tattoos, facial tattoos, the, 
he was the vacant eyes. Was not eating. You could see he was anorexic. Five foot eleven and one hundred and ten pounds. No, his, his, he was bony, so he was living on sugars probably and and um, you know simple carbs. God knows what else he was doing, but the issue is he was nuts. In any other time in history, he would have been mm. seen as a nut in the classroom. The school nurse in my day would have <clears throat> taken him out of the school and they would have put him into a, um, a nursing facility, which is what he needed. Are any of the mainstream media outlets even mentioning the potential dangers of marijuana its connection to this mass shooting? I don't think so. Well, it's interesting. They haven't been and they've been uh, cheerleaders for decriminalizing cannabis. Uh, and, and it's very popular. You know, you, it's really a bipartisan thing. Uh, it, you know, the Republicans... Um, I've been told by pollsters sort of uh, in, in yeah. some jurisdictions are going along with it because okay. it's a vote winner. You know, there's been for 20 years this mythology built up that, um, that you know, marijuana, that all these black people are in jail because of marijuana. I mean, that's just not true. You know, they, they're only in there if they, you know, people only went to jail, not for smoking a joint, but if they were big-time drug dealers and not just marijuana. So, but that mythology has grown up. Trump came out and said that drug, uh, drug dealers should be given a death penalty. He said it at one of his rallies the other day. Oh, did he? Good on him, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you agree with him? Yeah, absolutely. If we've got the death penalty, what does a drug dealer do? Look at fentanyl. I mean, we've got 100,000 Americans, young Americans, every year dying of drug, drug overdoses. I think 70% of that is fentanyl that's come in across the border, made by China, specifically to kill our young people. And uh, so, of course, how are you going to stop it? You have to really get tough on the dealers and the importers. And, I mean, I, look, again, I go back on my experience over 25 years in Australia as a journalist, and there was a prime minister there called John Howard, and he was there in the, in the 90s, conservative. He was post-Reagan, um, but had the same attitude of, you know, just say no. And every, he was pilloried and everyone said he was old-fashioned, out of touch. But he just uh, had, a, had a multi-pronged approach and he put good people in charge and they basically went really tough on importation, cracked down, sent agents to um, you know indonesia and the places that drug triangle where this material was coming in um, they interdicted uh, had uh, operations with the, the other governments of the other countries and then back home uh, he threw people in jail who were drug dealers but they provided really good rehab um, a sort of diversion program for people who were charged with crimes but were also drug addicted, they could go to secure um, rehab facilities and they were given naltrexone and uh, not naltrexone, there's some other drug, uh, experimental drug to help you get off opiates. So, and, and the amazing thing about that is you can't really do anything about the current addicts, but what you saw in the statistics was youth experimentation with drugs plummeted. And I remember thinking to myself at that time, because I had very small kids, I thought, thank God that's happened because my kids will now be safe from the scourge of drugs, which um, before that was like New York now. There were just heroin was uh, rife. And unfortunately, um, that era only lasted, that sort of golden era only lasted for about 15 years um, because you had 
you know, a, a Labour government equivalent of a Democrat government, left-wing government, unwound all the get-tough-on-drugs measures, which somehow are seen as being right-wing and fascist, when in fact you're freeing people from the, the handcuffs of drugs. People clean as a white, that's white privilege. Well, you know, you look at San Francisco, your city, I just saw a video oh. of school kids getting off a bus and having to walk past, I think it was a Tenderloin district, walk past these zombies, disgusting, it's in squalor. Okay, so we had a recall of the terrorist's son, the A. Chesa Boudin would not, uh, would not um, imprison heroin, uh, fentanyl dealers who were caught by the cops. The SFPD would catch them. Wow. He would release Why? them. Listen to this. Because Boudin, being the left-wing fanatic that he is, didn't want to deport them. All of them were Hondurans. Came really? The cartels brought in Hondurans. They were known as Hondos. They were the street corner fentanyl dealer, Boudin would put them right back on the street because he didn't believe in deportation. Unbelievable. So people don't know this. Uh, the new woman who was just picked by the mayor, who knows which way the wind blows, even though she's a left-wing nut. Yeah. She picked a tough African-American DA who used to work for Boudin, who ran the recall campaign against him. Oh, really? Brilliant. She's a, she's a beautiful, intelligent woman. So she had her first meeting with the surviving DAs last week. You should see the local paper, how they pilloried her. Sports are she was cold and difficult, and everyone was uncomfortable with the Good. new DA. Good. Uncomfortable with her. <laughs> so she wants to clean the city up, and she said the number one issue is certainly we want uh, uh, criminal justice reform. But first, we need safety on the streets first. So she's the new DA. Let's see if she gets Good. with this crazy city that I, I'm living in. But people shouldn't forget Chesa Boudin worked hand in glove with the fentanyl dealers. And I ask you, Miranda, I know maybe mm. this is reaching too far. I've seen too many movies in my life, and maybe my brain has been rewired from watching too many gangster <laughs> movies all these years. My children would say, Dad, you watch too many mafia movies since you're young. <laughs> Why, do you, why are you stuck in these 70s gangster movies? I said, because they're fun to watch. And there was a lot of truth in them. And I grew up with that mentality, not in my own life. I said, wait a minute. Is it possible that these, quote, woke DAs put in there by George Soros's money are actually working for the gangs? I mean, there was a movie called, remember The Departed with Jack yes. Nicholson? Great movie. Well, that was based on some truth somewhere. Why can't it be that these DAs are, in fact, planted there by the gangs, the drug gang? Look, you know, it would not surprise me if, um, you know, some of them at least are corrupted because they're corrupt in the soul already. So what does it take to corrupt them financially? Not much. Um, what do they believe in? How can they... How can they be so callous towards the victims and so trapped by some, you know, completely illogical ideology, which is they think it's compassionate to allow people the freedom to be slaves to their drugs, to completely dehumanize themselves on the street. Drugs, Miranda. The story in New York has touched everyone I know in California of that bodega worker who defended himself against a thug who came in to try to kill him, and he killed the, the thug, and Bragg put him in jail for murder, for, for murder one, with a $500,000 bond after releasing criminals. So who does Alvin Bragg work for? Who does he report to? 
you know, that story has touched people who don't even know about what's going on in New York when they see the yeah. video in the New York Post. Yeah. And, and the irony is that Alvin Bragg is so soft on everybody else. He never puts anyone in jail. No one goes to jail except a bodega worker who was stabbed by the girlfriend of the, the dead girl. guy. She, she should go to prison for what she did. She should go to prison. I don't understand why he's in jail and she's not in jail. And she caused her she boyfriend the whole thing. to be killed. I heard it. He grabbed my baby. He's hurting my baby. I'm going to get my N after you. I heard the whole thing. Because she refused to pay for a packet, a $3 packet of chips. Well, well, because you, she you, thinks... I refused to pay for it because she was using a debit card given to her yeah, by the Exactly. Government. And she's not... This is the problem. The entitlement of these people. She felt... She's in, she never pays for anything. No. She felt she was entitled to get it free from the bodega. She was just oh, going to yeah. take it anyway. Well, that was a government he, store. It's a government store to her. Yeah, exactly. Everything's a government store. Government, and she wanted chips. So she even said to him, did you say it's food in the tape? He yes. Said, they can't get chips on the government card. They can only get food. Basic. Remember, there used to be food stamps and you could only get real food with it. Yeah. Then it got muted. They still into- should be. Now, debit cards, they can use it for anything they want. If you want luxuries like chips or soft drinks and unhealthy things, pay for it yourself. So, government uh, store, and the government's supposed to give you everything. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Miranda, before you go, and I know you've got so many other things to do other than talk to michael savage who watches and doesn't know much about the world he only plays finches and pelicans these days the united states is in a state of emergency not just with the marijuana use within our youth but the left to become so calculating and nearly unstoppable with their influence on the masses through the media through social media through advertising which i can't watch anymore i've never mm. seen such brainwashing as the ads Do you think that with all of their reach, plus the January 6th committees, witch hunt, does Donald Trump have a fair chance to survive this witch hunt and run in 2024 and win? Sure, he will survive the witch hunt. I I mean, I don't just don't think it's really reaching anybody because um, the whole premise is ridiculous as if he incited violence on January 6th. He did not. There's just no evidence of that. I mean, he said to them, go and be peaceful. Um, and the lies that are coming out that are unchallenged, it's obviously a kangaroo court, a star chamber. Um, and, you know, therefore it loses all credibility. I don't think anyone treats it seriously. And Donald Trump has survived everything they've thrown at them. Mm. Two impeachments, the Russia collusion hoax, uh, Stormy Daniels, Michael Cohen, you name it. There's, there's, he has not had a moment of peace since he declared his candidacy. I honestly don't know how he does it. I don't know how a man his age could, could take this. Relentless attacks on him and his family. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's strong as an ox. Um, yeah. However, strong I think, and I think, as strong as a Trump, and I think he is uh, going to nominate, sounds like, um, and he'll win the nomination. He will. But there is a poll out today, uh, New York Times Siena poll, which is just drastic for Joe Biden, that there is something in there that's a little disturbing, which says that, uh, you know, I don't know, some huge proportion uh, of people don't want Biden to run again. But against Trump, he would win. Oh, now, my God. The same it's poll? It's one. The same, same poll? poll. 
same poll. It's only one poll. It's 850 people. It's a New York Times Siena poll. Um, so I don't know. But I'm just saying that I think the hatred yeah, the of Donald Trump. The vilification uh, has had its effect, Miranda. I can tell you right now. People of course. People like them are afraid to have him run because they say, uh, I hear people saying, you know, he did a great job, but he's, he's ta- tarnished now. And they tarnished him so badly. Yeah, they tarnished him, yeah. They did it very successfully. And, and, and unfortunately, there are people, I know people, who Trump derangement syndrome is real. They cannot think straight. They go crazy. They cannot, they cannot so, look. They go berserk. Their faces. Yeah. They hate you. I mean, I've lost friends. Um, you know, it, you, even if you isolate the successes of his presidency, which are enormous, and you try and compare that they to what listen. Biden's done they to the him. country, they, they don't him. listen. They would vote for Biden again, even though Biden's I, personally I, I, hurt I'm them. worried about that. And what if they put up someone like Michelle Obama? You know, mm. uh, that, that's the real concern. I mean, the Democrats are so desperate, so... She uh, could run and win, by the way. You mentioned her name, yeah. forgot, but she was, her name was floated. She would be so popular. I know. Oh, my God. I didn't even think they would run her, but they could out of desperation. I know Gavin Newsom... Out of Newsom, desperation. Gavin Newsom has thrown his... Uh, let's what a joke. Say his hat in the... But he hasn't thrown his hat. He's thrown his croissant in the... <laughs> His beret. He's running his croissant into the... Do you think Gavin could win? No. I, I think enough people, you know, moderate Democrats and independents have been red-pilled by the Biden administration, by, you know, what's happened with de Blasio, um, you know, and Adams in New York and what's happened under oh, Newsom in California. Inflation. Yeah. I mean, they can see that Democrats are, are at best incompetent and at worst corrupt. So I don't think that Gavin Newsom is a, is a clean new broom. I don't think, I think he looks smarmy and um, fake. I don't think he'll appeal to the people they need to appeal to, which is um, the blacks and Hispanics that are deserting the Democrats in droves. Well, you mean a heterosexual, good-looking white male with a lovely wife and children is no longer a viable candidate. Uh, that's what I've said about Gavin is he has four strikes against him. He's white. <laughs> He's straight. Yeah. He's married to a woman, by the way, biological yes. woman, and he has beautiful children. Sorry, that's four strikes and you're out in the American political world of today. Uh, yeah, but if you're connected to Nancy Pelosi, you can do whatever you like. Identity politics only works uh, against, against good people. Did you see her on the beach? Oh, don't. Do you Awful. think that will be the final straw? You know, I thought about that, Miranda. She's so carefully controlled in America. You never yeah. see her out of her empress clothing. Yes. All of a sudden, the empress had no clothes. <laughs> this was the empress without clothes. And I said, it's because in Italy, the paparazzi are malicious. They're uncontrollable. And it's part of their culture. <laughs> they got yeah. some kind of telephoto lens from a bird nest somewhere on top of a <laughs> cliff there in Italy. This is the last straw. And there was Paul Pelosi. Is he out on bail from the DUI, this mild little... Of course he is. Yes. Yes, of course he is. Imagine, imagine what Nancy would not oh, like to be on the been... other end of her tongue. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine what lamp she threw at him after. <laughs> but, you know, before we go, you're talking about red-pilling the Democrats. They certainly know what he's done to the cost of, uh, of milk, potatoes, yes. eggs, gasoline... Yes. Mm. That's just the beginning, because come October, 
I keep telling people I'm originally an economic botanist. You don't have to be a genius to know what's coming. The Russians just cut off, cut off Nordstrom one to, to Europe. They're going to burn their grandmother's mahogany furniture this winter in Germany. Yeah. Real green. But the food crisis that's coming is going to hit the world in a way that we have not seen in our lifetime. Unless this war is settled immediately, and it, it doesn't seem to me that we have any, any uh, diplomats on the level of a Kissinger. Now, you probably disagree with me because I know the whole media is in on Zelensky, who I, by the way, detest. I'm on the side of the poor Ukrainian being overrun yeah. by the Russians. No, I, me too. He's a certifiable invader and a monster in many ways. But there's a long history to this that, go, that predates what just happened. Yeah. Back to McCain appearing yes. in 2013 and calling for the overthrow of the, the duly elected uh, president of Ukraine, who himself was corrupt. We understand all of that. This war has been going on a very long time. I fear unless this war is settled, it's going to get much worse. And if we push Putin's back to a wall, which hasn't happened yet, incidentally, I've studied Russian military history for a long time. They don't fight the way we do. They do it through attrition. Yes. Grind their enemies down. And they've been doing that. They don't care how many men they will lose. They don't care how much material they lose. Yeah. Just keep going like the behemoth that they are and crush the opposition. And I think this has to be settled sooner than later. I'm very emotional about it because I'm fearful that he will be back to a wall and he'll launch tactical nukes against probably yeah. a, NATO, a NATO battalion to take out 5,000 men at once and fry them. God forbid. What happens then? Does Biden uh, push the button? Uh, look, we just do not want Biden in charge uh, right now or in any war. And I agree with you 100%. And it, interestingly, there was a... a little noted story the other day in which Zelensky said that he knew that when the war is over, he's going to have lost territory. And so that's a good sign. Well, exactly. Why not? So, now? Because he wants more money. He wants three quarters of a trillion dollars to rebuild corrupt Ukraine. Did you see what came out today that he said he's going to uh, try to rein in corruption? He's cutting cabinet ministers oh, as if for all the money that's going to come in because the European yeah. Union knows where it's going to all, all go into the hands of these oligarchs in of, Ukraine. Of course, it's one of the most corrupt countries in the world, as we know from the fact that they paid Hunter Biden so much money, million dollars a year. So, uh, no, uh, the, the sooner it's over, the better. We, I, I think it, it was, um, you know, I, I just think it's a mistake if we get any more involved. And I can't understand why there isn't more pressure on Zelensky from America to come to an accommodation with the Russians. And at the same time, we are, you know, Biden just sent a million barrels of oil to China, to Sinopec from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Now, now you know, China is helping, is buying Russia's oil at a discount and helping it fight the war, funding the war effectively. It's, it's now, now China is Russia's number one oil customer. So we are helping China get stronger. We are helping China support Russia. We're helping Russia fight the Ukrainians while we give the Ukrainians billions of dollars to fight the Russians. None of it makes sense. It's all, um, I, I don't know, I, I really, behind it are the warmongers of yes, the, 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 
It's the Republican the money. Democrats, Miranda. It's both we sides. Back, we go back to Eisenhower, the military industrial complex. Exactly. When I see half of the general spokesman on Fox News, and I can name Jack Keene, who I used to respect, is actually a consultant for a manufacturer of major league arms. I said, there's the, there's the glove that fits the hand. These are the ones calling for more weapons to Ukraine. No end in sight. What is it when they build the last uh, missile and they build the last bomb with the last amount of material that we have that we don't need from Russia anymore? Then they'll call a, a, a ceasefire. What is it going to take that poor country of Ukraine? I look at it, actually, and I see apartment buildings blown up. Yeah. Because Russia will fight this war of attrition. And they do it by terrorizing the civilian population to drive them out first. And then well, um, it's, it's horrible to watch. It's tragic. I, I actually can't watch anymore. It's just too sad. And, you know, the propaganda that has come, that our media has oh perpetrated um, is just wrong, you know, glorifying one side over the other. I mean, obviously, obviously Putin shouldn't have invaded. And obviously you want to give him a bloody nose. But at the moment, those sanctions have been pretty useless. The ruble is stronger um, than ever. We didn't. Exactly. We were hurting. No, because of China. And China is our strategic enemy. Miranda, they were Why? supposed to crush the Russian economy. The ruble is stronger than it was before the war. It didn't work because of China. Well, so, so what's going to happen? Do you think they're going to settle as Kissinger has said they should? I don't know because there's no great statesman no. that... America is deploying no. to do something, and Biden is hopeless and embarrassing. And uh, you know, the, you look around the world at the at the Western leaders. Who is there who oh is a, a statesman? Who is there of any moral fiber or intellectual ability? Miranda, I saw a picture of them at the G seven meeting in their yeah. clothes. They look like a bunch of punk kids at a college smoking a joint together. You got Canadian yeah. Trudeau. Oh, please. You got, you got, I call them fake dough, not true dough. You got fake dough from Canada. Uh, and the others, they look like, like kind of young millennial guys who don't know what the hell's going on. Macron? I, I, right. I, I try to lump him in there. Yeah. I forgot his name yeah. because Macron and, yeah. and fake dough are almost uh, cousins in appearance. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. One's fit. taller. They're too fit for me. I don't trust men who are too fit. <laughs> Well, Joe Biden isn't, and he was wandering around like a lost soul being guided by, you know, various. Uh, the New York Times had a story about how the other um, G7 leaders treated him like a respected elder statesman. <laughs> no, they treated him like a patient in a nursing home. <laughs> they were, took him by the elbow, guiding him. to. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know who was oh, who, where he was. Frightening. They took yeah. him to see the Easter Bunny, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Miranda, what's your latest article? What's coming out this week? Uh, so I've, I have one today about uh, Joe Biden being compromised uh, by China, mm. um, how he's gone soft on China since he's been in office, whether it be on, you know, unwinding Trump era restrictions on TikTok and Huawei, um, whether it be lifting sanctions, you know, tariffs on solar panels, and now he's talking about lifting uh, tariffs that, that, you know, Trump put on for good reason on other, other Chinese imports. Uh, you know, he's, he's gone soft on China, to, regardless of what the rhetoric is. 
And there are just well-founded concerns that, you know, why is that? Why has he gone soft? Right. Is it just because of the, you know, the permanent bureaucracy are always, uh, you know, and Wall Street wants to make accommodations with China because they want the money? Or is it because he's compromised because of the millions of dollars that have flowed into his family's coffers? And we need to know because it's a national security threat. Yeah. Even the appearance of being compromised by corruption is a national security threat. And whenever anybody asks the White House, you know, what about this voicemail, the latest voicemail where Joe Biden is there talking to his son about his overseas business dealings with China? And uh, the White House just refuses to engage. So we're not going to talk about anything to do with the alleged laptop. That's just not sustainable. And, uh, and, you know, the Democrat Party itself, are they starting to say this is a liability for them, the compromised, the China compromise of the Biden family? Well, you're seeing the leaks coming now from people saying that he's too old and, uh, ah. you know, they, they don't really want him to run again in 24. I mean, what a joke as if he's going to run. No. So now that the New York Times and Washington Post and CNN are sort of writing vaguely negative things about about Biden, you can see that he's become a liability and this is just laying the groundwork for the Democrats to, you know, they're not really going to throw him under the bus. They'll allow him to resign or retire with dignity and they'll make a big fuss of him and tell him his legacy will be safe, which it won't be. And um, and and then what do you think? I mean, I think that it would be better for America if Kamala Harris became president because she can't possibly be any worse than Biden. And the good thing about her is that she's repellent. She's unpopular, like, <laughs> you know, to everybody, including Democrats, everybody hates her. Whereas there's still this vestige of complete nutcases in America, 30% who believe that Joe Biden is a moderate, a, a nice man, man yeah. a devout Catholic a family man. He's a hell of a good actor. He's a good con man. He's always been a con, con artist in the Irish fashion, the Tammany Hall fashion. I understand oh, yeah. that because oh, that's, yes. you know, I come from you Irish stock. I think about Kamala. Well, if you want Willie Brown and Nancy Pelosi to run America, you couldn't do better than selecting Kamala Harris. But she is waiting. Nancy's already running. Yeah. She's going to look. There's no way he's getting through three more years or whatever the number of years or months are left. He can't do it. I've studied senility i once was directed the alzheimer's research institute a small think tank that i, I once was senile yeah doesn't make me a, <laughs> yeah. an expert in the field but yeah alzheimer's and senility doesn't go like in a straight line it's slow at first yeah the decline is slow and then it's very and it ebbs and flows as well ebbs and flows but it's also at one point takes a dive right it will ebb and flow like that and then it'll dive they lose the mm. you know i talked about birds flying on thermal uh, currents, catching a thermal current. We began our interview talking about birds. You can learn a lot from birds. Yeah. A bird catches a thermal current and it flies on an updraft and then it'll coast. At some point, that thermal current under Biden's brain will just disappear. It'll turn. Yeah. He will and you'll fall. That old man in the old age home with a blanket on his legs, but they'll yeah. remove him before that. But he's very close to that, Miranda. She will be president much sooner than later, I think. Yeah. And I mean, the, the inanities that come out of her mouth that she utters with great gravitas. I know. I wonder if it's fake. I mean, 
Well, yes. Is it because she doesn't want to say anything? Yeah, she's smart enough to say nothing. She uses a word salad, so she yeah. can be nailed to a cross. People call her stupid. I know people who know her. I have a, a good friend who's a major league attorney in the East Bay who's known Kamala for years. He actually thinks that she'd be a good president compared to Biden. I don't right. think in her in her heart, you mean. In, but they're all something else behind closed doors than mm. they are in front of the woke mobs who run the media. Mm. That's the problem. And they're appealing Biden, to a small percentage of nutcases. Yeah. Well, it's that 30% that still think that Biden, they approve of Biden. And you just have to say, are you living in a cave? What is wrong with you? Well, before you go, you know, I think about that a lot. Um, so I live in a white suburb. So liberal, it's ground zero for stupid liberalism, but people leave it alone. <laughs> I noticed something odd happening. The um, Ukrainian flags came down about two months ago. Really? You used to see Ukrainian flags on Poland. I know. On, you know, it's gone. About two months ago, they stopped flying the Ukrainian really? flags. Really? Why is that? I don't know what happened, and I, I'm trying to determine what. You could write a great article. This is only for Miranda Devine. Yeah. Ukrainian flags come down. Interesting. I'll be yeah. a researcher. I don't know. Miranda, it's a good topic. I don't know. I think about two months ago, they got the idea that it was a lost cause and they didn't want to be on the side of the, of the loser. Yeah, that'd be them. Yeah. What yeah. it was. No longer was Zelensky being held up as a hero, George Washington, Winston Churchill, which is ludicrous. At least he could get a suit of clothing instead of that undershirt. Can't he just... Stop with the green undershirt already? Something different. <laughs> I think it looks good. I mean, if he's a character <laughs> in a movie, it's a movie. He's 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 very good. Like he's a he's what a performer. Zelensky shirt that will forever be a Zelensky shirt. Some kind of uh, eagle on it or something here. Something to go with it. But I figured the green undershirt works these days. Yeah. yeah well, that, green undershirt is that a millennial thing? Is that a Mark Zuckerberg costume? That he showed. Oh no, Mark Zuckerberg would look terrible in that. No, it's a, it's an action man. Oh. It's the, uh, it's army, you know. It's, oh, just off the yeah. front, relaxing. Yeah, just off the front, and it's a little bit tight so that you can see his pecs. Does he work out in the midst of the war? Does he get time to do gym work? Well, you, he must do something. He must do push-ups or something in the morning. I mean, he seems to spend his entire time on Zoom, talking to people and getting money. All the so. coke that they say he's. Yeah, I heard that. I mean, he certainly looks like a crazy cokehead to me half the time. The things he says, Miranda, who goes to a nation and says, give me weapons? They give him weapons and he says, drop dead. It's not enough weapons. You're a coward. I, I've seen this over and over again. He tries to insult the West into giving him more. And, they and do. it works. It works. He's very good at what he does. As a wartime leader, you know, if you were a Ukrainian there, I think you would uh, be heartened by his role. But um, but well, ultimately, a lot of money and support. Yeah, but also, um, ultimately, the the war lingers on, and I think that the Ukrainians have to be realistic and accept the that they're going to lose some territory. Nine million people have been driven out of their own country, and this is the other problem: the the refugee crisis we've got from the war in Ukraine. Then you've got Sri Lanka, which is a failed state now. Everyone's starving. Um, you know, the, the world, the, the, the refugee off. problem oh. that we see now is nothing compared to what it's going to be in the next few years. That border 
has to be closed. There's people from 100 countries are arriving across the border. It's not Mexicans or Hondurans. It's It's 50 terrorists that we know of. And and, and we're losing the nation. Borders language culture has been my motto forever. And without borders, there is no nation. Without a cell membrane, there is no cell. Without a cell wall, there's no cell. And when you lose your cell membrane, the cell dissipates. It falls apart. All the protoplasm flows out. And that's the end of the integrity of the cell. It's the same with the nation. You could see everything through a macro, macrocosm, microcosm. It's all logical. Unfortunately, yeah. Rand, it goes right back to the beginning of your article, which is the, the mass shootings and its relationship to what is screwing up the minds of many of them, which is toxic marijuana, et cetera, uh, combined with social media, social isolation. And you have now this cocktail of insanity that has only just begun. Look, the only thing I will say is that I always have optimism in America. If there's one country that can manage to pull itself out of the mire, it's America and has this amazing ability to reinvent itself. And also the difference in America is you see the, the battles going on. People actually get up and fight back in the culture war. Oh, I see. I've, lived, I've lived in other countries, in Australia, in England, uh, in, in Japan when I was younger, but people don't fight. They just get along to go along. They're too polite. You know, no one cares in America about being polite. They are going to fight for what's right. And I think after the midterms, we're going to see a big change. I think that the the new breed of Republicans that have been sort of red-pilled by Donald Trump, they know now that they can't pretend there isn't a war, there isn't a culture war. I think they will be relentless. And and then 2024 is another story. But um, I, I think, I mean, look, Imagine if you had a term of Trump and then two terms of um, Ron DeSantis. On those words, I'm going to let you do something more important than speak to the bird man of San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda Devine, I always look forward to your work in uh, the uh, New York Post. That's the main place that you write for now? I mean, yes. Is it picked up yeah. out of the Post? Uh, they don't syndicate you? I don't No, I don't think so. No. But you're the author of the book, Laptop from Hell, Hunter Biden, Big Tech and the Dirty Secrets of the President, the Dirty Secrets the President Tried to Hide, which is an important book. And I think it's going to get much more important as we get closer and closer to the midterm elections. Miranda Devine, thank you for coming on the Michael Savage podcast. Once again, it's always really an honor for me. Thank you so much, Michael. Honor for me as well. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.